And the Bible says, Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. And there was a man named Zacchaeus. Somebody say Zacchaeus. He was the chief IRS tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. And he tried to get a look, verse 3, he tried to get a look at Jesus, but was too short to see over the crowd. Is there anybody vertically challenged in the house today? Amen. Zacchaeus was vertically challenged. Verse 4, so he ran ahead. I don't have that problem, as you can tell. Uh, and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. Verse 5, and when Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by his name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. And Zacchaeus quickly, verse 6, Zacchaeus quickly, quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. Verse 7, but the people, uh-oh, uh-oh, the people were displeased. Don't you love people who get displeased when other people are getting a blessing? You know anybody like that? Why did they get that new car? Oh, come on. I know some people like that. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Verse 8. Meanwhile, verse 8. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord, and if I have cheated people on their taxes... I will give them back four times as much. I think the IRS should read this scripture today. And I'm just teasing, but for real. Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. One more verse. For the son of man, it's talking about Jesus, came to seek and to save those who are lost. Now, I want you to shake your neighbor today and I want you to tell him my, my title. I'm trying to see Jesus. Come on, I'm trying to see Jesus. I'm, come on, shake your neighbor. I, I saw two people do it. Come on, come on, get excited in the house. Trying to see Jesus. And you can be seated on your way down. Just look at your neighbor and say, I'm trying to see Jesus. Boo, boo, get out the way. Get out the way. Amen. Amen. So today we're closing our series, Make Room. We've been talking about how it is that we can prepare for what God wants to do. And last week we talked about being in a consumer-based culture. And, and how many of you know that in our feasting of the word that we've become fat? Come on, we've, been, we've become fat on our feasting. Feasting on good things, fat on good things. How many of you know you can have too many avocados? Said no one ever. <laughs> you can get fat on good things too. It's not just the fried chicken and the Philly cheese steaks and all the, the, the Paula Deans that I had on Friday. Come on, it's not just that. You can get fat on good things too. And in our, in our feasting, we've become fat but comfortable. Can I blow your theology wide open today? There is no such thing as a comfortable Christianity. Tweet that, bro. There is no such thing as a comfortable Christianity. Now, I don't want to hurt your feelings today. Can you just stay with me today? God hasn't called us to be comfortable. In fact, when Jesus calls Peter, James, John to follow him, 
they leave where they're at. And the Bible says that at the moment, they're fishing. They're fishing with their fathers. They're doing the family business, which means there was an inheritance that they were going to receive. That business of their fathers was going to become theirs. It was their income. And history tells us that Peter was married. Can you imagine your spouse being like, just think about this for a minute. If I went to Pastor Faye and said, hey, listen, I love you so much, but I'm going to go follow this dude named Jesus for three and a half years. I'm not going to see you. You got the kids. You got the house. You pay him for the job or for the house. Bye. I think something might get thrown at me at that moment. But I'm saying that to say this, following Jesus will cost you something. Following Jesus will cost you your comfort. Following Jesus may cost you friends. Come on. Following Jesus may cost you a career, a job. Following Jesus must cost you something. We are not called to be comfortable. We are called to be comforted, though, by the Holy Spirit. That in the midst of our uncomfortableness, there is peace. Come on, somebody. That God keeps me focused on the mission, peace that passes all understanding. Come on. When people say, I don't know why you quit your job and sold your house and you're moving to Bowling Green, Kentucky, of all places to plant a church. Why are you doing that? Because I'm comforted by the Holy Spirit. I may not see what is going to happen. I may be uncomfortable, but I have the Holy Spirit inside of me that's giving me peace. And it's easy for us, get this, to be comfortable in what we already know and what we're used to. Normal. Somebody say normal. But God hasn't called you to normal. You were made to stand out. You were made to be different. And maybe somebody in this room today is saying, Pastor, I've always just felt weird. I've always felt like the odd man out. I've always felt like I didn't fit in. I feel that. I was that kid they called like Bible thumper in school. You know what I'm saying? But yet when they had a problem, I was the one they came and talked to. You know what I'm saying? I know what it's like to not fit in, but you weren't made to fit in. You were made to stand out because Jesus told us you're in this world, but you're not of it, which means you weren't born of it. In order to be of something, you must be born of it. But how many of you know that when we come into the kingdom of heaven, we've been born again, and now we're a citizen of a kingdom that we cannot see with our own two eyes, but it's the kingdom of heaven. So I wasn't made to be comfortable. I wasn't made to fit in. I was made to stand out. And God has called us to fulfill an assignment here in the earth. It's called a destiny. Somebody say a destiny. And can I tell you today that your destiny has no respect for your comfort zone. When you say yes to Jesus, I don't think you really know what you're saying yes to. If you would have told me, I'm just going to go there. If you would have told me that God was going to send me and my family to this city when I surrendered my life to Jesus at 16 years old, I would have called you a fool. I knew nothing about Bowling Green. To be honest, I didn't even care about Bowling Green because I wasn't from here. But God will call you to do things that are uncomfortable to prove his grace on your life.
It's not your own ability. It's his. Are you still with me this morning? So God has called us to go into uncomfortable places to do uncomfortable things. Why? For the sake of the gospel of the kingdom of heaven. This means that you and I are called to reach people. I got one amen in the house. We're not called to show up on Sunday for a club, y'all. I'm not here to just feel something. I'm not here to get my, my Sunday fix. So I feel better about myself and feel better about my emotions and feel better about my issues. That's not why I'm here. I'm here to reach people. People, people is what matters. People is the reason that Jesus came. Not a church, y'all. The church is just the avenue that God is using to reach people. Now, here's the thing. Reaching people means you're going to have to reach people that are different than you. Different political views. Oh, you mean you can have Republicans, Libertarians, and Democrats in the same room? Yeah. And they don't have to fight. I hate politics, y'all. Because the kingdom of heaven is far better than anything. I love living in America. Don't get me wrong. But do you realize that our democracy is literally created to divide us? And the kingdom of heaven was made to unite us. Come on. We're going to have to reach people that we don't agree with. That means conservatives who are in the room, you're going to have to reach some liberals. And the liberals in the room, you're going to have to reach some conservatives. I'm preaching today. Come on. You're going to have to reach people who are different than you, people who haven't been raised the same as you, people who don't know how to have church, people who don't know the church in ease. Come on, people that don't know. Well, you're supposed to say amen when the pastor says something good. People different from you. Can I, can I go further? You're going to have to reach people who are gay. I hate that the church became, and, and just stay with me, I know people are going to get their feelings hurt. You can write an email to me with your complaint at jordan.smith at nearchurch.co. He will handle the complaints. He's saying, no, don't send it to me. I hate that the church pushed people who are struggling with sin outside of the church. Amen, Pastor Andrew. If there's any people dealing with all of that stuff watching right now, I love you. I hope you come to church because I believe God will turn your life around. Come on. Because there's no perfect people in this church, y'all. That means you're going to have to reach people you don't agree with. We're going to have to reach people who are in other lifestyles. These people need love. Not to be pushed out. They need the welcome embrace. Now, that doesn't mean we say, oh, honey, it's okay. You just do what you want to do. No, 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 no. We're going to teach them the concepts of the kingdom and teach them that if they will get aligned with the word of God, he will bless them and use them. I'm preaching better than your amen me this morning. Come on. He wants to use some broken people today, y'all, but we have to be willing to reach them. We got to reach the poor and the rich, y'all. So if you're afraid to go under a bridge and get your hands dirty and to help pick up trash from people who are experiencing homelessness, this may not be the church for you. 
This is a church that brings people near to God and each other. I'm sorry. I'm just feeling passionate this morning because I, I, I'm called to reach everybody. Every, all the Karens, all the, all the crazy people, red, yellow, black, and white. They're all precious in his sight. We're called to reach everybody. Bring them here with a needle in their arm. Do it. I dare you. Because I guarantee when they walk into this atmosphere, that needle's going to come out and they won't want it anymore. Come on. Bring them here drunk as a skunk. Because I guarantee they'll sober up when they come under the presence of Almighty God. We're called to reach everybody. Somebody say everybody. <laughs> We're not going to condone sin. I'm not going to sugarcoat the truth, but I am going to preach it in love. There was this dude one time. I'm going to go off my notes for a second. Is that okay? I know this one guy. He was so holy. Everybody know people like that? He was so holy. He said, I just lost my job at Cracker Barrel. I said, you did? He said, yeah. I said, how long have you been there? He said, like a month. I was like, oh boy. I said, why'd you lose your job? And he said, well, one of my coworkers is gay, and I went and told him they're going to hell. I said, bro, you should have been fired. Shame on you. That's what I told him. I said, you think they're going to receive any truth from you talking to them like that? You have no relationship with them. You can't correct somebody you have no relationship with. The reason the church doesn't reach anybody is because we feel like if we stand on a sidewalk with the sign that says, repent for the end is near, that that's effective. But until you have relationship, you can't be effective. We're called to reach people. Somebody say, I'm called to reach somebody. We have to love people where they are. We have to love people where they are. I may not agree with you. That doesn't mean I can't love you. I'm just so tired. Y'all, can, can you just hear my heart today? I'm so tired of religion. I can't stand it. I'm so tired of churches pushing the very people out that they're called to reach. And you want to know why? The, the LGBTQ plus community hates the church. It's because we push them out. Enough of that. We're called to reach those who are coming up short. And in our text today, is everybody still with me? Nobody is feeling hurt. Nobody's saying, oh me, oh my. In our text today, we see a man who is too short. Short on character because he's a tax collector. Now, I'm not saying people the IRS are short on character. It's not what I'm saying. So don't get that wrong. Okay. But in those days, you see, the people of Israel were, were living within the Roman Empire. And these tax collectors who were from Israel would buddy buddy up with the people in the Roman Empire and be like, yeah, I'll take your taxes for you. And I'm going to take a little extra for myself. They were thieves. They were manipulators. They were con men. So they were hated in all of Israel because they were not only taken for Rome, but they were taken for themselves. 
And that's why the Bible says that he was wealthy. He wasn't short on money, y'all, but he was short on character and he was short on relationships because nobody wanted to hang out with him. Who wants to hang out with somebody who is a thief? And he's short in stature. He's vertically challenged. And the Bible says he's the chief tax collector of the area, which means he's very wealthy, which means everyone that is under him has to pay him a little extra too. It's kind of like a Ponzi scheme, you know what I'm saying? If you get five people to sell this product, you know, it's a magic thing. It's a magic pill. If you take it, you lose 100 pounds. I'm looking for that pill, y'all. If anybody knows where it is, hook me up. So he was extremely wealthy. He's not short in money, but in every area of his life. And in verse three, we see today, the Bible says that he tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. Jesus is coming through his town, Jericho. Somebody say Jericho. And he's curious. And he wants to see Jesus. He tries to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short. Somebody say too short. Look at your neighbor and say, are you too short? Come on, are you too short? He was too short. And the Bible tells us he was too short to see over the crowd. Over the crowd. I believe in our text today that the crowd represents religion. And I believe this is a representation of how religion keeps people from getting to Jesus. Isn't it funny how religion tells you if you'll do this, 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 you can get to God yourself. But yet the very people that can't do this, 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 you're not welcome here. I believe this is a representation of religion. And those that aren't holy enough are too short to see over our own holiness. I'm going to say that again. Those of us that are holy, there's people around us that are too short on their holiness to see over our holiness. Because we gave thousands of dollars in the offering last week. We served under the bridge. I'm so holy. Oh, you're addicted? Stay back there. Don't come near me because I might get addicted too. I've heard people say that. I I can't be around you because you're a sinner. I don't want to get sinful too. How much Holy Spirit do we have in us? That that we think that if I get close to a sinner, I'm going to sin too. Has Jesus not done anything in our life? Come on. The Holy Spirit in you is so much stronger than the sin on somebody else, y'all. So you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid, y'all. You do not have to be afraid. I'm sorry that your addicted self can't see over my dream team service on Sundays. This is what religion says. I'm sorry your divorced self can't see over my perfect marriage. Sorry, your sinful self can't see over my righteous self because I wear the three-piece suit and I've arrived and everybody that sees me should know Jesus because I'm holy. I'm just poking fun today, y'all. 
People are short. Religion will always keep people from seeing Jesus. And I believe that this generation is so confused about their identity because religious people push them away from Jesus into the world. Because if you won't find, oh, get this this morning. If you won't find your identity here, you will find one out there. And we pushed them out because they look different, because they dress different, because they praise different, because they were raised different than us. I know I'm wearing jeans. They're holy jeans, y'all. Holy. Holy unto God. And I'm not, I hope people come in here with suits too. I love that stuff. I was raised that way. But you know why I dress this way? Because I want anybody that comes off the street to be comfortable to be in this room. And if it means I got to wear holy jeans, praise God. They will find their identity. If people don't find their identity here, they will find it out there. You and I get this this morning. Everybody still with me? Look at your neighbor and say, you still with him? You and I were created for kingdom identity. Kingdom identity. And our nation is in such a stinking mess because we let the world teach our kids their identity. Now, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings this morning. I love each and every one of you. But I am called to preach truth. And I am called to preach the doctrine of the word of God. I love y'all, but there are only two genders. Male and female. The Bible says he created them. We can't mix this up. And I'm sorry, I love you. I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. But you can't choose it either. Jeremiah 1 and 5 says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I set you apart. Not me, him. He did it. But do you know why people are struggling with that? We didn't give them identity here first. Shame on us. And now we're having to pay the price for our spiritual laziness because we didn't teach people how to be sons and daughters in the kingdom. I love y'all. I love y'all. Don't be offended at me this morning. This is the word of God. And you may say, pastor, why are you saying all this? Like this has nothing to do with Zacchaeus because I want you to know today there's people coming into this church who are struggling with stuff, who are confused, who are confused because we allowed them to be. But I believe that when people come into this church, they will find their identity in Christ. Now, not just with this stuff either. They won't find their identity in a person anymore. They won't find their identity in an addiction anymore. They won't find their identity in how many likes and tweets and Facebook shares they get. They won't find their identity in that stuff. They'll find their identity in his presence. In his presence. 
Look at your neighbor and just smile real big right now. Come on. We got to lighten that tension. Come on. People are looking at us, y'all. They're looking to us for truth. And you're not going to hear me. Listen, if you think that you came to a church where you're going to hear me stand up here and condemn people to hell from the pulpit, you don't know where you are. I believe in hell. I believe in heaven. But I'm not going to stand up here and condemn people when I've not even had a conversation with them. I got to move on. So my question to us today is, can people see Jesus at near church? Zacchaeus is trying to see Jesus, but he can't because of the crowd in his height, but he's desperate. Aren't you glad for desperation today? And through this whole series, we've looked at desperate people. And challenges will always produce a desperation in us to get to Jesus. And he is so desperate to see Jesus that he looks around like, what can I do? What can I do? I can't see over the people. I'm too small. I can't push my way through. Can't push through the crowd. I'm not strong enough. Uh, will they let me climb on their shoulders? Oh, I doubled their taxes last year. That's not going to work. Uh, I don't know what to do. I'm going to miss my opportunity. Wait, 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 wait. What if I climb up that tree? I may be short, but I have legs, I have arms, and I can climb up the tree. You with me this morning? And maybe, just maybe, if I get up that tree, I will get a glimpse of Jesus. I, I don't even need to talk to him. Notice that. He's not asking to talk to Jesus. He's asking to see him. He's asking to see him. Because what did Zacchaeus really need, y'all? He needed some fresh perspective to see things the way of Jesus. There's people looking for answers, y'all. They want to see Jesus and they don't even know it. And they're doing everything they can to see Jesus. So here's my question to us as a church today. Is near church the crowd in the story or are we the tree? Are we the ones keeping people from getting to Jesus? Or are we the ones saying, get up on my shoulder, boo-boo. You can look if you want to. I may not agree with you, but I'm the tree. Just climb on up. Look at Jesus. Whatever you got to do. Are we the tree or are we the crowd? Are we the stepping stool for people to see Jesus? Are we the ladder? Because listen, y'all, we can either stop people or we can help people see Jesus. And in verse five, Jesus sees him. Jesus already saw him because Jesus knows everything and he sees everybody and he sees everything. But he sees him get up in that tree. You know what he says? He says, come down quick. Let's go, Zacchaeus. I think that's kind of offensive that he says that to a short guy. I mean, Jesus, how quick can he be? <laughs> Come on, let's go. Come down quick. And notice what he says. This is so strange. I must be a guest in your home today. Rude, Jesus. First, you're insulting him. Come on, let's go. Come on, little man, let's go. <laughs> and now I'm going to be a guest in your house today. Oh, all right. You know those times when people are like, hey, I'm coming over and you haven't cleaned in like three weeks? 
No, none of y'all would do that. Thank God for that. Hey, I'm coming over. I remember when we were youth pastors in Indianapolis and we lived in the parsonage. I'm not gonna lie, I hate parsonages, y'all. Because people will just show up at your house all the time. I remember one time I was in the shower and I didn't have to be at the event for like three hours. And this dude... I'm like, oh, somebody's dying out there, you know? I literally get his dress as quick as I can. He's like, do you have the church key, brother? I said, no, I don't. Sorry, <laughs> I shut the door. Like those people that just show up. Quick, shorty, I'm coming to your house today. And as I read this, I thought it was so strange until the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, your call as near church and your call as the lead pastor is to bring Jesus away from just corporate gatherings into in-home encounters. Because can I tell you something? Just showing up on Sunday doesn't work. We have to teach people to host the holy. Quick, I'm coming to your house. And we have to teach people how to host him in their house. And the Bible says Zacchaeus quickly climbs down and took Jesus to his house with excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Zacchaeus comes down. He's excited. He's pumped. Jesus is coming to my house. But the crowd's reaction they're upset about it. Why do we get so upset when Jesus moves in someone's life who really needs it? If that means I don't get a prophetic word, but the sinner does, praise God. Because <laughs> can I? Oh. Once you're saved, church is no longer about you. It's about them. I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. This is not about me. This is not about fame. This is not about having a microphone. This is about them out there, the ones that aren't even here yet. Now, I told you last week, there's 170,000 people in our county. Do you know what percentage of them are churched? I'm not talking about saved, churched. I don't know the, the quote for saved. Churched is only 15%. How many is that, Mom? <laughs> she's a math. She's a she's a mathematician on summer break. She can't think about math right now. Eighty-five percent of our county is not even in the doors of a church. Thank you, Scott. Which means one hundred forty-five thousand. Am I right? There's 145,000 people in our county that don't know him. Let that sink in for a minute. What we're doing, I'm so glad you're here. But what we're doing is not just for you, it's for them. And if God would give us a building that holds 145,000 people, man, y'all, what if we could reach our whole county? What if we could reach our whole county? 
I'm praying today that God would break the religious spirit off of all of us because we all have the tendency. We all have the tendency. He's excited that Jesus is coming to his house. But pastor, Jesus has gone to be with a famous sinner. Great. I pray that God sends the biggest sinners in Bowling Green to our church. Give me the biggest dope dealer in Warren County. Let's go. Give me the owner of all the strip clubs. Give me all the people, the notorious sinners. Bring them here. Come on, bring them here. Let's go. <laughs> but, 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 but Pastor Jesus is, yes. He's making us uncomfortable today. You're right, Garrett. I pray God brings them here. God, bring them in here. Bring the biggest sinners here. Talk about a testimony, y'all. Talk about a testimony. God wants to save people with influence. I said God wants to save people with influence. Because if he could save the biggest dope dealer out there, that means all the people under him are suddenly going to be looking for answers. Why did our dealer stop dealing? Because he got an experience that he can't explain. Jesus, go to the notorious sinner's house. Verse 8, and meanwhile, Zacchaeus stands there and he prays, Lord, I'll give half my wealth to the poor. And if I cheated anybody on their taxes, I'll give them four times as much. I'm looking for that IRS check. (laughs) Four times. And Jesus responds, salvation has come to this house today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. And this is what I wanted to get to today. For the son of man came to seek and to save those who are lost. His entire purpose was to save those who are not found. In fact, there's another time in scripture, and I'm I'm finishing right now. Where Jesus said, the well don't need a doctor. It's the sick who do. I'm so glad you have your life together. That's great. Praise God. I'm glad God's moving in your life. But did you know that he doesn't just move in a service like this and an experience just to make you feel better? That presence, you know what it's for? To draw hearts to him. And we need to get so mission-minded. I know God is going to blow up our church. I know that. Not because of me. If God ever wants to set me to the side and put somebody else, I'll say, do it, Lord. And maybe that's not what you're used to because in our culture, even the preachers are high and lifted up. That's not the goal here. I won't be happy. I'm happy with what God's doing. Don't get me wrong. But I won't be satisfied until we've reached everyone. 
and I'm going to spend my last dying breath in Bowling Green, Kentucky, reaching everyone. And then you know what? When we're finished here, we'll go to another city, another location. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm going to move. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying let's start one in Glasgow. Let's start one in Nashville. I'm speaking vision to you right now. Let's start one nearby. Let's go to Hopkinsville. Let's go to Paducah. Let's go to Owensboro. Not so we can have more churches. Not so we can have more fun gatherings where we feel something. So we can reach the Zacchaeuses who are trying to see Jesus. But they can't. Get up on my shoulders, Zacchaeus. I'll show him to you. I'll show him to you. Are we the tree, y'all? I pray we are. I pray we are. I'm so tired of cool church. I'm so tired of trendy church. Where is the church that's reaching people again? And I don't just mean inviting them to church. That's great. That's great. But I mean discipling them, teaching them how to live, teaching them how to be in the kingdom, y'all. In Bowling Green as it is in heaven. That's my prayer right now. In Bowling Green as it is in heaven. Until sin is eradicated, until sickness is gone, until poverty is gone, we have a mission, we have an assignment, and it's to reach the people of Warren County. Give them some praise today.